You've tuned into a show called Mr and Mrs Binge Watch and you were expecting a spoiler free episode so there are many mini spoilers on this episode kripya dhyan dijiye Hey 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 you guys have tuned into yet another episode of Mr and Mrs Binge Watch thank you for tuning in from the confines of your home we hope you guys are safe and sitting at home if you're listening to us from anywhere else please go back home because we are still in lockdown and of course looking at me and wondering when i'm actually going to start talking to him is anirudh uh so ani what's up what's been happening how are you enjoying day god knows who the f- cares of lockdown are we really discussing that are we talking about what else we are doing yeah like what was this week like before we get into this week's show what was this there week was a like lot of you? there was a lot of uh, trading taking place between janice and me where basically we were uh, flipping between duties to be performed so janice very kindly uh, took over the bartan duties for two days uh, but then i also took over the jhadu duties for the last two days so we are doing a little bit of a mix and match i don't think i've been contributing much to the kitchen so before janice says it i'll just put it out there yeah this week maybe my contribution towards the kitchen was less but i'm going to be back with the bang next week guys yeah uh, so yeah. yeah that's pretty much the plan yeah i mean you know i could be nice and be like oh but you've been trying you know all that but no i will not <laughs> i'm just kidding guys i'm sure that's happening in your households as well where you guys are sort of figuring out your chores and you know you've realized what you love doing what you hate doing and in addition to that we hope you guys have been following all our recommendations because we have diligently been sitting down every week to record this podcast for you so if you're not listening then what is the point yeah yeah correct. we are not even like we're so scared we are not even tracking numbers anymore <laughs> Can you track numbers? We have in the past. Oh, okay. okay. But no, I mean, listen. Your constant feedback, week on week on certain episodes, really helps. It helps us to know that you guys are still listening and you are looking for recommendations. So the show we're talking about this week is Little Fires Everywhere. It's currently streaming on Disney Hotstar. It stars Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon in the lead, and it's based on Celeste Ng's novel, best-selling novel actually, which was on the New York Times bestseller list, and it's. got the, it's a story of the warren family and the richardson family right yeah so i mean uh, i remember watching uh, a trailer of the show when it was first announced and of course i haven't seen kerry washington on screen at all since she played olivia pope on scandal so i think that was one big uh, usp right i think what is so interesting about the show to begin with is that it's got two such heavyweight actors attached to the show uh, of course they the fact that they are uh, you know sort of belonging to different races and known for uh, you know sort of representing their community in a lot of the shows that they do makes it all the more interesting right so you got an interesting poster of these two actors who you would say come from very two different schools of storytelling filmmaking or whatever you want to call it so that in itself is an interesting proposition i hadn't really heard great things about the show before i watched it uh the show has been received well it's not like people haven't critics have panned to show or anything but it's not one of those big little lies like or you know one of those breakout hits yeah it's not an overwhelmingly it's not like popular an, yeah. critical show no it's not ha- correct it's not an overwhelmingly uh, uh acclaimed show uh the reviews have been mixed i enjoyed it a lot i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would in fact i was a little discouraged by the reviews initially and i remember when janice and i said we just started watching it on a lark and i really you know got myself pulled into this world 
uh, that is set in the late 1990s. Yeah. You know, the thing is that uh, the name of the show in itself is uh, when you start off watching the show, like little fires everywhere doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, we've not read the book. So watching the show, I sort of like, I think by the end of it, I figured why they called it Little Fire, Little Fires Everywhere because it's such a smartly done book show and I feel like, you know, like maybe the show was able to visually represent so many things that maybe even a book can't, right? Because you can't physically show us those scenarios and that kind of a setup and everything. So the show is set, set in, a, in a town called Skater Heights, which I believe is a... Shaker Heights. Shaker Heights, which I believe in is a Ohio. real... Which is a real place in America. And it starts off being the story of, you know, Kerry Washington and her daughter arriving in this town and you know they, they live a nomadic lifestyle and then they eventually end up renting a house from Reese Witherspoon who herself comes from a very affluent background and her family is shown to be extremely affluent or as you like to call it comfortable in the first couple of episodes you begin to feel like this is a show about race where you know even the people who claim that they are not racist are somewhere still without realizing and because of conditioning displaying signs of racism and then what I thought was really interesting is that in the later episodes actually it stopped being about that it altogether like the show has so many threads every episode felt like it was one onion layer being peeled off like it went from racism to sexism, to gender equality, to what it means to be a mother, to power equations, to power politics. And just, I mean, it took on so many topics and on any other show and on, on a badly written show. I mean, this would have fallen all over the place because, you know, audiences would have been like, there's too much happening. Yeah, I It's def- so complicated. Yeah, I surely enjoyed the show more as time went on because I felt like episodes got better and better. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with a very good characterization, which is thanks to the book itself uh, and really, really good performances. Actually, I mean, you know, Kerry Washington uh, is somebody that we kind of make fun of in a, in a sense because if you've seen her playing Olivia Pope, you know that she has a penchant for, you know, caricaturizing the character. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was looking out for those signs in Little Fires everywhere. And a lot of places, she brought that acting style. In fact, Janice and I were constantly like, you know, pausing to have a little laugh about the fact that, hey, that's like an Olivia Pope expression right yeah. there. Yeah. But there were moments in the show which required her to completely shed that, you know, shed that persona, uh, which I thought she did brilliantly. Reese yeah. Witherspoon, of course, was in Reese Witherspoon mode. In fact, I felt like Reese Witherspoon had shades of her character in Big Little Lies in the sense that, again, she was playing a suburban mother who was in a marriage where there was some sort of, you know, uh, there's a boredom involved. Uh, So those aspects and she's a bit of a self-sabotaging, delusional character. Of course, she's a way intense version of that in Little Fires Everywhere as compared to Big Little Lies. But Reese Witherspoon really is the standout performer of the show, right? Because, I mean, I like the fact that Reese Witherspoon is not taking on characters where she's always in the center of the piece, right? Now, Mm. she's basically done three great series where she has worked with actors, female actors who've taken the center stage every time, whether it was Jennifer Aniston on The Morning Show, whether it was Nicole Kidman on uh, Big Big Little Little Lies. Or even here where Kerry Washington really is in many ways the protagonist of the piece. Even though, I mean, theirs is a very equally written part. Uh, but I mean, 
it's the warrants that you're invested in, which is Mia and her child. Yeah. Uh, it's their story, right? We are seeing it from their point of view. It's only when they enter town that you really get into the story. So I thought that it was an interesting, um, you know, choice of actors. They both performed really well. And I really thought also the other aspect of the show that I really liked was that there were a bunch of subtracks unfolding at the same time. So apart from the track that was the central track between Reese and Carrie. Carrie's character were the subtracks between their kids. And I felt that all of them played out really well. Yeah. You know, around the midway mark, around the fourth, fifth episode mark, I wanted to know what was happening in each track of the show. And I think that's a really difficult balancing act to pull off. You know, I actually think I might have a slightly different opinion on Kerry Washington because, uh, I mean, there were a bunch of memes from this show that sort of went viral and especially focusing on Kerry Washington's expressions and how she was playing this role of Mia Warren as Olivia Pope. Yeah. And I think I agree with that because I'm not trying to be harsh. I really love Kerry Washington. And listen, I am a scandal fan. But I just felt like after a point, watching those pained and hurt expressions, which we have seen so much of on Scandal, which is like every episode of Scandal really, um, annoyed me a little bit over here. And I really thought in most scenes... Reese Witherspoon was the saving grace, especially when yeah, sure. Mia and... Like when, I said, for me, she is the, she is the uh, standout performer of the show. Yeah, but I just feel like... Me, I don't know whether it's because Reese Washington... You know, Reese Witherspoon, I was going to call her Reese Washington. Sorry, Reese Witherspoon, I don't know if she's just got this role pad down or maybe it's now because she's done a couple of shows, like you said. But she is so good at bringing that feeling. You know how it is sometimes when you think you're doing everything with the right intentions. Yeah, correct, correct. Where you want... You're doing something because you're support a friend you're doing something to show you're a good person you're doing something to show that you're not racist or sexist but inherently your conditioning has made you like that and to do that without having those dialogues or without having to necessarily portray that but so subtly she brings that so beautifully I mean you know the scenes especially when she asks Mia Warren that's you know Kerry Washington's character to be her housekeeper and then of course quickly correcting herself to become house manager mm. I mean that scene is so beautifully written because it almost feels like Reese Witherspoon's character does not even understand the underlying currents of racism that she is sort of you know propagating in that one conversation she's doing it with all the right intentions but it's so that entire scene is just so beautifully written and I can't think of an actor better than Reese Witherspoon really to bring this control freak mother who is also a do-gooder but is actually doing more harm than good yeah no i i mean i'm completely with you on that i think for both of us she is the scene stealer of the week she's definitely the better performer than kerry washington what i think is interesting about the show is that both these women it's something that you said earlier which is that both these women believe that what they're doing is right from their point of yeah, view yeah and that's what makes the drama interesting so in many ways Little Fires Everywhere really pits these two women against each other. It's almost like watching a watered-down version of a show like a Billions mm. or any Cain and Abel kind of or any such setup where there are two people who are just out to get each other. That's a great example. Uh, but I think that what's interesting about Little Fires Everywhere is that the reason for them wanting to bring the other down isn't major. You know, it's major to them, it's important to them. But if you see in the larger scheme of things... It's really ego at play. It's really just about wanting to prove herself right, oneself right, which really drives the two characters. 
the other interesting thread on the show is the one between the kids yeah. because both these kids, uh, you know both sets of kids come from different socio economic backgrounds mia has a ch- uh, has a only uh, only child called pearl and she's a very interesting character uh, you know i i really feel like the uh, representation of teenagers on american television has undergone such a massive change for the good yeah and i really like the relationship with the, between the mother and the daughter on the show in fact that was the anchor of the show right you mm. were always rooting for them uh, at the end of the day Reese Witherspoon's has four kids, and they, of course, are slightly more spoiled. Uh, and they were all; each of them is a is an American teenager cliche. So the oldest daughter is the overachiever. The oldest son is a jock. The middle son is a slightly awkward, nerdy guy, and the youngest daughter is the sort of the black apple of the family. Mm. Uh, but I like that they subverted those tropes there. You know, I like the fact that the jock. didn't turn out to be the jerky fellow you expected him to be at the end of the day i like the fact that the oldest daughter had issues that she had to deal with which she herself wasn't aware of i like yeah. that there was layering to all of the characters which made all their tracks really fun i don't think it's just the representation of teenagers you know in american society that's undergone a transformation in all of the series it's also the effect of parenting you know my point is that this show is one of those really good shows like i mean we're also watching for example defending jacob simultaneously which of course is going on on apple tv and you know has one episode coming out every week but we're seeing the direct correlation of what happens when your parent is a certain way has certain expectations and that conditioning being passed on to children because you know, the cliche Correct. is that you're always trying to live up to your parents expectation but what happens beyond that right when your parent is racist without being without realizing that they are racist or they are sexist without realizing that they are sexist what effect does that have on the children so i mean for me for example the entire uh, the relationship between lexi who's the old who's reese with the spoons oldest daughter and her boyfriend who's african american that is sort of the crux where i see the effect of a parent on a child and what that sort of does to their mindset right i mean it's beautifully portrayed yeah i think the really- without necessarily showing us the racism in your face yeah i think the racism wasn't so for me frankly the racism is not a takeaway as such i feel that the racism is very inbuilt into the storytelling it is not trying to bring too much attention to itself also it's set in 1997 america right which was very different from 2020 the uh, us and uh, again it's ohio yeah. uh, small town so i think i found the racial undertones interesting and obviously when you have two actors coming from different uh, you know social backgrounds and coming from different ethnic backgrounds you will want those kind of conflicts to be in there but i don't think those drove the show uh, what was int- i think what drove the show was the fact that both these women you know believed that you know they both had such diametrically opposite points of view and if you see it from either point of view they both seem to be right in what they are trying to do mm. uh, which i thought made it very very interesting that's i think the uh, and in fact you know what i went back and i read some of the reviews after watching the show now the worst reviews of the show are those from people who are fans of the book mm. and i think that there is this whole book versus tv show kind of a debate that's constantly happening and i understand that so the show begins 
with the fact that the Richardson's house has been burned down to the ground, mm. right? And you don't know who's done it. And then the show goes back into flashback. And for the entirety of the show, you never come back to that moment till the end after you actually known what went down. Now, these guys took a liberty with how the show ended, uh, which is different from how the book ended. But to a viewer like you and me, it really didn't make a difference because we didn't know how the book ended. Mm. So I think uh, it's one of those things. I think Little Fires Everywhere is a way better show than a lot of people are giving it credit for because a lot of people who have not read the book at all love the show. Um, and those who have read the book like it but feel like it's not as good uh, good as the book. See, this book versus uh, show debate has been going on now for way too many years. I mean, uh, Game of Thrones fans, for example, some of my best friends are hardcore Game of Thrones fans and they have actually not watched a single season out of pure loyalty to the books because, you know, obviously they read reviews of how the, how the creators... Yeah, but Game taken. of Thrones is an anomaly because yeah, yeah. the Game of, Game of Thrones TV fandom completely exceeded the book fandom after Correct, a but month, there have right? been several such examples of yeah, like know, Harry fans Potter, Twilight, Lord yeah. of the Rings, all of those. But, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I feel like this was such a layered and complicated and multi-issue kind of show. It actually makes me want to go back and read Seth yeah, Ings' book. I agree. It's one of the few shows where, um, you know, I actually feel like I might even benefit and I might see certain complicated tracks that maybe the show was not able to fully achieve in the book. Because again, it works both ways, right? Some things visually always work better and that's why some liberties are always taken on shows and series and films. But complicated undertones, especially when it comes to character relationships, nothing can do justice to it more than a book or the written word. So I feel like this is one of those shows where there's so much happening we might actually enjoy reading the book and it might not. The fact that you already know how the book and the show ends might not actually hamper the reading process. No, you've totally hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think there's the there's huge credit goes to the show for making me want to read the book in spite of knowing what the story is or yeah. how the characters are and how the show unfolds. Uh, so I think right there, that's a win. Now, the wow moment of the show for me is a scene that actually comes at the fag end of the show. Uh, it's not exactly the last scene, but in many ways, it's uh, it's sort of the prologue, right? Uh, it's it's a moment where, I mean, so Mia Warren's character played by Kerry Washington is a sculptor and an artist. Uh, and you see her working on this piece of art through the course of the season. Uh, you know, something that's very dear to her. And you don't really know what it is that she's working on. And there is a revelation pertaining to that, right? It's this piece of work that she's created which basically sums up the entire experience of the show itself or the entire story it encapsulates the entire story with one visual image which i thought was very nicely done it also actually makes me curious to see how that scene was written mm. because it is such a visual scene uh, that i don't know i'm curious to know how describing that would have had the same dramatic effect but i feel like that for me really is the wow moment of the show because I feel like after having strung the viewer along and keeping the viewer hooked throughout, they also managed to sort of go out with a bang, which I thought was really interesting. On the binge-o-meter, Little Fires Everywhere is the kind of dish that after you savor, you're curious to go back and want to find out the recipe of. And I think that's exactly what Janice and I wish to do. We want to go back and read uh, Celeste Ng's book. 
All right, guys, that was our episode of Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch. Do let us know what you think of Little Fires Everywhere. If you agree with Anirudh then my recommendation, well, write into us on our social media platforms. I'm at Janicek85 on Twitter and Instagram. And Anirudh, of course, is at Guha on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to listen to more such interesting podcasts like Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch, go to the IVM Podcast app or go to ivmpodcast.com. That's our show. We'll see you guys next week. Till then, stay at home. Stay positive, stay safe.